guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, and today we are going to be talking about, hey, when is it time to replace different things? As a matter of fact, we will be getting into a video shortly after that, and it's going to be about Saudi women. So big shout out to all my folks in Saudi Arabia who listen to this, uh, because you guys are going to find this very, very interesting and very, very useful. So we'll be doing a listen in shortly after that but i know these are two two completely different things but man let's just rock the house okay so i have an infographic here first i want you guys to ask yourself the question when is it time to replace a toothbrush you can pause this podcast think about it think about it come back okay every three to four months that's right now if you're a more frequent brusher such as, are you a person that brings that same toothbrush to work? You brush your teeth after you eat your meals. At night, we're talking at least three times a day. It could be two months. It could be less than two months. Why? Well, it's important. If you actually, and I used to be that dental assistant. I used to look at the bristles, right? The bristles on the brush. And if they're like literally all over the place, that means it is time to give that up. Again, just as a FYI for anyone out there, there are three different types of brushes. There is, or there could be four to five, but let's say there is, um, oh my God, is it easy, medium, and hard? So hard, never go with hard, all right? Because that causes abrasion, which is basically the wear and tear of your, oh my God, the enamel. Oh my God, I haven't said that word in like seven years. So you don't, and especially it could really ruin your gums if you're a really hard brusher. Medium also. Now it won't take as much, it'll take less, I'm sorry, more time than with the hard, obviously, because the hard would do more damage. But the easy, okay, the very light brush, the light bristles, that's the type of toothbrush you want to go for. So that's a nice little tooth thing, okay? A little toothbrush uh, help for all of my people out there. Now, how about your back sponge? Oh my God. Now, the bath sponge is what you scrub yourself with, depending on what country you are on or you're in. Uh, not exactly sure if you use a sponge. I was asking one of my students this recently and he was like, oh, well, I, I don't use a, a sponge. I'm like, geez. I'm like, okay, well, all right, all right, cool. I mean, if you go to like a spa and massage, which is gonna be opening up here in Thailand or has already opened up, uh, you could probably d get like a sponge bath or something like that. But uh, yeah, man, that, that dirt, <laughs> your epidermis, you know what I mean? That dirt goes a little bit deeper. You know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you have yourself a sponge. You got to replace it every year. All right. Now, there's a nice little tip to this. If you don't keep it in the shower and keep it moist, it can last a little bit longer. That's my tip. Now, kitchen frying oil. They said, and this infographic says, you could use it three times and throw it out. Depending on what country you're in, I'm one of those people where after I cook my chicken or cook my meal, it's finished, it's done, it's archived. I'm not gonna use that over. However, at the market and at different street vendors that cook food, they are the type of people that would use it uh, quite a few times. I saw this guy who I really like. Uh, he cooks, uh, I guess you could say five out of 10 food, uh, it's passable. Um, and I see sometimes, you know, I, I look at everything he's got going on and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of flies and 
okay, he's got about four different pots. He just empties things. I'm like, oh my God, man. He doesn't necessarily reuse the same oil. Uh, he just like gets this little scooper little thing and goes into this pot and puts the oil in, which is fantastic. So he doesn't reuse the oil. However, other people do. This is how a lot of people get like stomach illnesses such as diarrhea and even food poisoning. So you gotta be careful. Spices, no problem. Every two to three years, I know you guys have all types of spices, especially in the Middle East. India is one of the one the one of the places that houses the best spices. Um, you know, Cajun country, obviously that is the South in America. We're talking Louisiana, boy, they are fanatics. Oh my God, that just makes my oh makes my mouth watery. Um. And of course, my wonderful uh, Central and South Americans, you guys have your own respective, uh, you know, spices in your country. Brazilian, holy God, Brazilian steak. Oh my God, Brazilian steak, Brazilian steak, Brazilian steak. Oh my God, I'm getting heat flashes. I'm telling you, I'm telling you like I tell you, y'all need to get there, y'all need to get y'all behinds to Brazil. Of course, after all COVID is finished. So bedroom, mattress, guys, this is a shocking. The mattress, not so much. Every five to 10 years. Now, I'm a person that if the bed is too comfortable, like at some hotels, when was the last time I traveled? Oh my God, I went to Vietnam, Dalat. What was it, last year? Oh my God, that bed was harder than hell. Um, it was hard as hell. It felt like I was sleeping on the ground. Um, but there are other places, such as in Malaysia, if you stay at four to five-star hotels, their beds are beyond freaking soft. Now, their beds are so soft that you would lose sleep because you're not accustomed to that. Like this bed I had, there's a nice little, it's not a pillow top, but it's very passable, passable here in my bedroom and it is amazing. It's not like the pillow top bed that I bought for about 450 US dollars back in 2009 because I knew I needed a fantastic bed. Oh my God, that was the best bed ever. I should have got reimbursed from that. You know, Well, I should have got reimbursed uh, by my brother from uh, him using it because uh, I didn't tell him to use it. Anyways, five to 10 years, guys. However, your pillows every six months. Why? Because guess what? The pillows, they end up quickly filling with bugs, body oil, and dead skin cells. So depending on how many pillows you have, me, I have a three pillow setup. I got two on the sides and then I got one right there in the middle. So it feels like, you know, my, I don't know what you call the neck muscle, but let's say some kind of vertebrae, right? It can rest right there in between. If I use just one pillow, it becomes very, very uncomfortable for me. It's very hard for me to go to sleep. If I sleep on my side, that's perfect, both, both sides. Uh, but yeah, that's just a nice little FYI for you guys. Sports equipment, yoga mat, six to 12 months, depending on the holes and the smell. Boy, I don't know where I used to be. Where was that? Oh, my God. I think it was, oh, that's it. Uh, it was a gym at a place I used to work out at a very long time ago. Man, them yoga mats smell like hell on earth. They got to replace them. You got to replace these yoga mats. Now, me, I remember I had a yoga, bot, a yoga mat, I don't, know, for, I don't know how many years ago. Um, but I had one to do some stretching and all that stuff. I was never really into yoga per se. But, um, you know, I got one of those foam rollers. Now, I don't use the foam roller too often, but I have been using it often because I'm getting back and shit, you know, getting back to working out and my muscles are sore as heck. 
All right. And then, of course, running shoes, guys. This is shocking. If you're a runner like me, every three to 500 miles, okay? Every three to 500 miles. So that's every 460 to, I don't know, 700 kilometers, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not a magician when it comes to math. But if you're a hardcore marathoner, even less. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I got some green Under Armour shoes. They're like neon light green with the little black. Uh, these weren't that comfortable when I first bought them, but I knew I needed some running shoes. And they were more like trails, so it could actually sustain the craziness that I get involved in out here in Bangkok. Because, man, I have to run over things such as concrete and antelopes. Ah! I'm telling you, pangolins everywhere! I'm kidding. Um, and so, when I'm running, I gotta make sure I have, you know, perfect shoes. Now, if you get blisters, that means, hey, the shoes are possibly too narrow. Okay, if your feet are all scrunched up at the front of your shoe, that could be a big problem too. So in saying that, you guys are like, wow, okay, when is it time to replace these things? And why are we learning about this? Well, we have to figure it out. Why do people change items less often than recommended? And why do people change it more often than recommended? So let's just scoot aside all the things from the home base and go to the technological world. There was a student I met. Ooh, this is about four years ago. I think she still follows me on Instagram more than likely. Let me see if she does, or she probably uh, uh, blocked me. Uh, and so, you know, people, they love blocking. So yeah, um, when it came to this specific individual, she would replace her iPhone all the time. So back in 2016, what was that? Was that the iPhone 7, I think, or something like that? And then, of course, there was the iPhone eight and then iphone 10 and iphone 9 and xlr max and all you know what i'm saying and she replaces it all the time but why you have to ask the question why and it's because of course hey some people just feel the need that they have to continue uh replacing things to stay on top of i don't know latest trends and they do it because they want to fit in with the people who they speak to there's a number of different ways i don't even think she follows me anymore unless she changed her name but i remember her name was l and she comes by every now and again but maybe she's gone forever now but anyway she started flying with thai airways international she was a net idol okay although she graduated from one of the top international colleges and universities here in thailand her father was a pilot for Thai Airways, and that's how she got the job very easily for Thai Airways. Her English was already pretty good, but again, her being a net idol, her being pretty beautiful, and da 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 all that stuff, it was very easy for her to get in. And that's why I guess Thai Airways is completely falling flat right now. But nonetheless, she always changed things. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't change things as often. You know, I was actually sitting back and thinking about the things that I wear. Boy, if I told you guys how long I had my tank tops for, you would probably execute me. Um, uh, you know, the last time I bought a pair of socks in terms of going running, that was in April of 2017. That's when I went to America. That was the last time I bought anything or before that. That was the last time I purchased anything in terms of running clothing at all. Since then, I just look at it as a, I look at it as a luxury. But now I'm like, dude, I do need to buy some things because, again, the smells or this or that, or it's wearing off. And, you know, even with my dress shirts, they don't even fit me anymore. Okay. And some of them went from white to a yellowish color. So, yeah, it's time to get rid of them. But luckily, 
in the midst of COVID. I don't have to buy anything at this given moment because I will not be doing anything probably until August or September when I go back to the Bangkok International Digital Conference or I'm sorry, Digital Content Festival. I will be going there for the second year running and I'm going to be doing another presentation. So if you guys haven't heard my initial presentation, oh, you guys are gonna love it because you will have heard the initial presentation from last year. Just put B-I-D-C Arsenio Buck in Spotify. You'll find it. And then you're going to hear how, like where I am this year. And you're gonna be like, oh my God, you are way different from what you were last year. Yeah, yeah, exciting times ahead. Can you say that? So anyways, People, they feel the need to change stuff because they want to follow the trends like everyone else. They feel things get old. They feel things become obsolete. I don't know why. And me, I'm the other person. Why do I feel like I don't change things less often? I'm a person that doesn't want to invest in a lot of shirts and pants. One, well, I had limited beliefs. I kept asking myself, who am I buying this for? It was never for Arsenio. It was for the acceptance of you other human beings out here in Thailand. So then that's why I stopped buying clothes in general, probably around late 2016, and that was the end. Uh, but now, since I've overcome those limiting beliefs, I can now buy something and I can ask myself in the mirror, Arsenio, what are you buying this for? I'm buying it for you. Oh, okay, well, that's good. I bought shoes for the first time in about three years last year dress shoes. Why? Because the other ones had holes in them. And I just thought it wasn't that sexy anymore. You know, so I bought some new ones. Now, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Because again, doesn't matter how well you look with the watch, the car, and the jewelry, all that craziness. If you do not know your stuff, you will be exposed at some given point. If you're wearing this to make anyone else accept you, you have already lost. But if you're wearing it because you're like, damn, I look good, boy, I look sexy. And you know, you have that sort of bravado and you have that little limp to your walk. All righty then, do it for you is all I'm saying. So again, if we look at the wider benefits and drawbacks of replacing items, both economic and environmental, we could get into some uh, some really some really good discussions there. But nonetheless, guys, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to play this video. Like I said, we're going to listen to the roles of Saudi Arabian women. This is going to be very, very interesting. So you guys sit back and enjoy this ride. And I do hope that it plays and you guys can hear it. Not like the last time it debacled. <laughs> so here we go. If it, if it decides to play, of course, because again, this doesn't always happen, happen, happen. So, well, I guess, I guess it's one of those days where it's not gonna play. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it, let's do it. Almost a thousand women took part in a recent career fair in the Saudi capital, Riyadh. Women account for almost half of all Saudis listed as looking for work, but only 7% of Saudis employed by private companies. For employers wishing to take on Saudi women, the situation is difficult due to segregation requirements that ensure unmarried men and women will not be placed in unchaperoned proximity. 
Despite these constraints, women taking up jobs seems to be something of a necessity. Hmm. The reason women are getting jobs now is because as a wife, mother, and sister, she needs to help and contribute to the household, mm -hmm. especially given the recent rise in the cost of living. But since King Abdullah's recent decision to push for cautious change, more than 160,000 women have been employed by the Saudi private sector. Companies also seem keen to employ Saudi women as they are perceived as being hardworking and diligent employees. Muna Abu Suleiman, popular TV personality, had some good advice. My advice to any woman looking for work is to accept anything she can find as a starting point. Many women wait until they get the right job, and years pass, making their employment difficult because companies ask, why did you spend four or five years without work? If a girl can't find a job, I suggest she signs on to training programs or takes part in volunteer work to show she was not sitting idle and to prove to potential employers her seriousness about work. So prove to potential employers her seriousness about work. So I don't know what the roles and the functions are out there. Again, I have a few people who listen to me from Riyadh. Um, and again, you know, they were talking about the segregation between men and women and how if you're unmarried, they should, you know, and they're in an unchaperoned place that could become, you know, become a problem. But how can someone still be like, like interested in the workforce knowing that, hey, you have roles back home, but now that there's a shift that's happening, how am I going to look enticing? How's my resume going to look enticing to future employers when I haven't been doing anything for five years? So this is why she talked about volunteering, you know, uh, doing this, these different types of programs, just so you could say, hey, you know, from this year to this year, I've done this. From this year to this year, I've done this. So, I mean, in, in, in terms of that, how would you feel about working for free in order to gain the experience you need for a better job? If those of you don't know Gary Vee, I haven't listened to him in a very, very long time, but he talked about this. He said, working under Google six months for free is far better than working for I don't know, a company on Wall Street for five years. Why? Because, well, ultimately, after six months of working for Google, you will get into Google. How many times have we heard people saying, oh, I started here. I started as the, clean, the cleaner, and I started as this. I started as that, and now I'm running companies all around the globe. Now, I'm not saying do everything for free. As, you know, Going back to the whole dental system, which I was speaking about at the beginning, we were required to complete, I forgot how many hours of externship. It was between 100 and 300 hours um, of externship hours before we graduated. So I had to work for free at private dental offices. I had to work for free at the, what is that? The UNLV School of Dentistry, I think it was. Oh my God, I forgot. What was that? Charleston. Yeah, terrible experience. Um, and I had to do quite a few other things. And, and so what this enabled us to do is the places where we worked for free, they ended up hiring just about everyone. So let's say there were 15 people graduating in the class. 12 of them already had jobs before they graduated. 
period. Some of them got hired on. They were doing externship hours on paper, but they were already getting paid because they were fantastic or they, hey, they drew the long stick, let's say, but I drew the short stick. I was jumping from place to place and I was like, damn, I don't know what to do. And I finally applied for a job for a dental place that had just opened up uh, before. And, you know, I was the main dental assistant there from, you know, going into late 2010 before I left and picked up four more months back at the college where I graduated from. And then I shot off to Australia in May of 2011. So sometimes you're going to have to work for free. Yes, in medical school, you could do internships. Internship equals money. Externship equals no money. Now, let me give you a story of one of my students before we jump back into this. My student, he's been sitting idle for a very long time. It's impossible for him to get a job. He graduated from the number one university here in Thailand. What had happened is his father ended up having to get chemotherapy. His father has terminal cancer. Uh, he was going to become a huge tennis player, right? But what, what happened was, well, his father got cancer. Life hit him, smacked him right upside his head. He couldn't fulfill those dreams anymore. And for the next three years, right after graduation, he did nothing. He did nothing in terms of work. So how enticing does that look on paper? He's applied for so many different jobs, even government jobs, this, that, and he still can't get anything. Why? It's because he's been sitting idle for a very long time. This is why it's important to keep that going, even if it's volunteering programs or set up your own volunteering thing. Say, so, you know what, I, I would love to volunteer in terms of this, whatever it may be, it looks good on paper. Now, I am not for resumes. Maybe resumes in your country are fantastic, but resumes and through my eyes is garbage because well, living out here in Thailand, it, it's nothing about resumes it's based on color, right? I have the Arsenio Buck Foundation. I have one of the top ESL podcasts in the world. I'm, I have already started up the Global Coaches podcast, whereas it's me, the inspirational coach, I have Mira from South Africa, who's the transformation coach. I have the self-love coach from Norway, Naisha, and we're going to be getting other coaches on there, right, uh, that deal with depression, that deal with this, that deal with that. I'm going to take the transformation coaching program, which is going to be about 2500 U.S. dollars next year once all the COVID and craziness has sufficed or has literally dispersed. I have worked for the biggest companies here in Thailand, SEG, KTB, BBL, Kubota, some of the biggest companies doing presentations, email workshops, you name it. I'm a two-time speaker or about to be a two-time speaker at the Bangkok International Digital Content Festival. I, I have had over 200,000 overall podcast plays. You, you know what I mean? Like I have one of the sexiest resumes on paper but I can't get a meaningless job, quote unquote job. But this just goes to show me, say, Arsenio, you don't need a job anymore. You're far better than that. You need to build yourself that online, that pers that online persona. So this is why I get WhatsApp messages a day with people saying, hey, I found you on here. Hey, I'd like some services from, it could be Egypt, it could be Japan, it could be this country, it could be that company, that country. I don't need a job anymore. I've created that. So when you think of your ideal job, Think of something where you could wake up and live in that passion every single day. If you are just getting a job to get by, do your thing. Do your thing, meaning you got to make ends meet. I completely understand that. But at the same time, 
you just do not want to be judged based off a piece of paper anymore. That's so 1970s. The last time I was judged on a piece of paper, there was a lady that said, hey, can you send me your resume? Are you an MC for summer camps? I'm like, listen. Oh, my God. I said, maybe you don't know me. Maybe you've never come across my YouTube videos. I don't know. It'd be a little bit crazy that you don't know me, but it would make sense because, again, I'm in Thailand, and this is not so much of a promotion of, you know, the colored skin group, right? The most popular people in this country, they all fall, and foreigners in this country, they fall under a completely different umbrella, okay? I'm not going to hold that against you. I don't hold it against anyone. But if you want to know more about me, my resume is my online persona. Google my name. Check out all my videos. And then after that, best of luck to you. Meaning, I'm not going to accept your role anymore. She didn't even contact me anymore. No, not after I said that. But when she said, send your resume, I sent it. And she didn't message me for like the whole day. And I was like, wow, you're lost. You needed me. I didn't need you. And when you get to that place, like that's an upper echelon place. When you get to that place, you become unstoppable and highly sought after. Not from a place of conceit, but from a place of humble. Like I had to go through very, very humble beginnings here in Thailand. I've been denied over 200 jobs based on who you know what. But I've overcome that. And now I create my own. Now I am the big one out there. And no, it's not to get back at these people who said I wasn't enough. No, these are the critics of life. And now those same people are coming back saying, oh, Arsenio, oh my God, no, 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 Arsenio here. No Arsenio here. You didn't like me to begin with. You got to hold your, you got to hold that voice. Thank you for that. And saying that, keep yourself busy. Learn different skills, especially skill sets. Learn different things that you can acquire online. There are plenty of free courses on Udemy. And again, if you don't know what to develop, develop your communication skill. If you're scared to get on voice because you're scared of people judging you, that's what you have to do. If you're scared to get on video or you're preparing to, but you're afraid of what your stupid, lousy friends might say, that's what you need to do. Because communication, everyone is going to have to become a speaker in this world and a salesman of their own story. Got it? So my ideal job, I don't have a job. I have a passion. What's my ideal passion? It's getting up and being able to deliver such a powerful message every day, whether that's on the Global Coaches podcast, doing IGTV's lives, or whether that's, you know, doing coaching services online or helping people with their integrative essay tasks or, you know, helping people get out of depression, whatever it may be. That's who I am. And the question is, who are you going to become? Thanks for tuning in to the CSL Podcast, people. I'm your crazy-ass host as usual. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.